Hello everyone, before we get to the cast proper, we wanted to take a moment to address how the Brainwaves team feels about the current situation in America. We feel that even though our voice is small, it is important to speak up when events like this occur. As three white guys, we will not pretend to understand what the black community has experienced worldwide during our lifetimes and for centuries beforehand. However, we do stand with the protesters who are seeking justice for the killing of George Floyd and the countless other black Americans who have been unlawfully killed. The United States has been run by a fascist who wants nothing more than to line his pockets and those of his rich white friends. He doesn't care about people, especially those who look different from him. We hope his rule is brought to an end this coming November. Our own country has been run by people who foster the fear of the other to score political points, to divide and make money. Whilst they have not quite sunk to the levels of the Trump administration, it is all too easy to imagine a scenario where they would. For our own part, we will be endeavouring to highlight the work of BAME UK designers more. We are conscious of the fact that we have not had a diverse range of voices on the cast or in interviews. We'll be striving to do better on that front over the coming weeks, months and years. Our goal has always been to lift up smaller publishers and designers, and we also need to add diversity to that goal. We and games are all made better by listening to and understanding diverse voices. It is easy to feel powerless against what's happening in the US and in the UK regarding Brexit at the moment. We hope in our own small corner of the internet that we can do better and that we can help lift up a diverse range of voices to our actions. Black Lives Matter. This is Brainwaves episode 50, bringing you the best in board game and tabletop gaming news. These are the headlines for the week of the 8th of June, 2020. Spiel de Jahres nominations have been revealed. Competitive magic goes digital. And Gen Con moves online. All this and more on this episode of Brainwaves. Awards season rolls around and now we have the unveiling of the nominations for what is considered by some as the Oscars of the board game industry. And that is the Spiel de Jahres Award in its 41st year, amazingly. Now, there are three categories in the Spiel de Jahres Award oeuvre, I suppose. The Spiel de Jahres itself, which is the game of the year, which is, I guess, more aimed towards family-style games. There is the Kinderspiel, which is games geared towards children. And there is the Kennerspiel, which is considered the, I believe the official term is the Connoisseur's Games. Basically the slightly heavier end of the gaming spectrum. Now the Spiel de Jahres nominations for this year are My City by Rainer Knizia, Nova Luna by Uwe Rosenberg and Kurna van Mursel, and Pictures by Daniela e Kristen Stör. The nominations for the Kennerspiel are... Uh, our cartographers, a role-player tale by Jordi Aden, The Crew by Thomas Singh, and King's Dilemma by Lorenzo Silver, Halmarhash, and Carlo Borelli. Now, the Kinderspiel has nominations which are Photofish by Michael Kalausch, Speedy Roll by Urtis Sulinskis, and Wir sind die Roboter, which is German for We Are the Robots, by Reinhard Stauper. Now, why are some of these game names in German? Because the Spiel des Jahres, funnily enough, is a German-based awards. And 
these games are based on their German release dates and are judged by a German-speaking panel. Now, the winners will be announced on July the 20th. Uh, that is the Spiel des Jahres and the Kennerspiel Awards. The Kinderspiel winner will be announced on June the 15th, as the Kinderspiel panel is different from the Spiel des Jahres and Kennerspiel panels. Now, after this a number of times over the past two years or so that we've been doing this podcast, um, I haven't played any of the nominated games. Neither have I. Likewise. So, we're going to go... Good luck to everyone. Hope you'd all do well. And yeah, we'll let you know when the winners are announced. I'm afraid there's not really more I can say about that. <laughs> I want to play cartographers quite a bit because I really like role player. Um, so I, I, I kind of want to have a shot of cartographers at some point, which I think there's a good mod on Tabletop Simulator for. Nice. I've been yeah. interested by the crew and it's uh, recent update. The crew is it Quest for Planet Nine. Uh, and King's Dilemma Look is a game that I want to play a lot but it does need you know a consistent group of people and a lot of time agreed i would also be happy to play that over tabletop simulator just for the next couple of months or so yes also yeah. a note to people don't if you, ha- if you have a game on tabletop simulator remember people aren't getting paid for that unless it's one of the the official dlcs you know buy a copy of the game at least and support the makers that way indeed good point so yes good luck to all those uh, nominees Ian, I believe you have news from the Wizards of the Coast. Indeed, Wizards of the Coast have recently announced some major changes to the way Magic the Gathering competitive play is going to be going ahead. Now, obviously, with everything that's going on right now, the ability to host in-person events has rather put a kibosh on the Magic competitive play scene for 2020 and probably into some of 2021 as well which has led wizards to announcing some changes to the way competitive play is going to happen they suspended the wizards play network back in march that's the network that supports uh, in-store play friday night magic all that kind of thing that uh, stores can participate in and they've now followed that up by announcing that the players tour the players tour final and the mythic invitational events will all be moving to online play through the Magic Arena portal. Now, Magic Arena is their online version of Magic the Gathering. It's it's effectively free to play, and you can buy boosters and that kind of thing if you want to, to sort of get cards, just as you would with regular Magic. Um, all outstanding 2020 events have been cancelled. There, So there are just no Magic events this year, as far as Wizards are concerned, that are going to be in-person events. There's, there's been a bit of a backlash against this because what they've effect of this is is that what's you're basically making the products that um wizard play network wpn stores sell non-essential for those who want to play competitively because they can just go online and buy the digital versions of the of these products so it means it's going to have a massive effect on the secondary market like people selling like yeah all of the stores i know that sell magic will crack open boxes and boxes of boosters and sell cards sec- on the secondary market so it's effectively devastating the sales of those things for these stores. And some stores rely on Magic very heavily as an income stream. What are your opinions on this, guys? I think it's a real shame that they couldn't find a method where physical purchases from local game stores were tied to digital purchases. I know some places were doing an unofficial style Keyforge tournament where you emailed the store, bought a pack from the store, and then they gave you the name of the deck and posted it out to you, at which point you could play it unofficially on that store's game night via an unofficial web portal. 
And it seems like the kind of thing that the biggest, most technologically advanced company in board games should be able to come together with months and months of notice. It's Yeah, I agree. I mean, especially considering they have the portal in place. They have an official proper portal in place. And we've reported on the last couple of casts of various companies doing this. Uh, like, I think it was last cast we reported on, was it Steamforged? Doing... Is it Steamforged? Yep, they were doing the Steamforged um, purchase agreement. Yeah, where you would buy you would buy products directly from Steamforged, but Steamforged would give a, a a cut of that and quite a substantial cut to yes. the store that you would normally buy that product from. So it does seem like maybe Wizards are just going to be Mimi Magic Online. Maybe that's just going to how it's going to be. It would certainly be cheaper for them to produce, I guess. They don't have to print cards anymore. I was going to say with the pivot to online especially this year you know it would be encouraging if wizards of the coast do decide to make that pivot back to you know those friendly local game stores the 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 wizards player sorry the wizards play network back to physical stores brick and mortar stores friendly local game store and hopefully it doesn't stay as an online thing because as you said there's a lot of gaming shops uh you know in glasgow one nearest me there's one in the center of town those are the only two i can think of right now and there is the lucky sparrow but i don't know how much lucky sparrow they explicitly don't carry um magic yeah, together there we go well i think they carry some boosters but they don't like they don't engage in the wpn at but, all but there's, there's one near me and there's one in the center of glasgow yeah and they are both heavily reliant on magic so yeah i i'd want it to pivot back if only for a semi-selfish reason that there are some game stores who would that would lose a lot of income and yeah. it could be quite bad for them yeah it does seem like a bit of a kicking the game stores while they're down kind but, of but again that's hy- but again that's hypothetical because right now there's not a lot happening so if hopefully they would pivot back to physical play yeah we'll bring you more on that story as we hear it uh but i'm talking of companies moving online ian the biggest con in the united states has just announced their online presence indeed this is the news that gen con is moving entirely online as we reported in our last cast, all the big cons have now been cancelled for the year of 2020, and many have announced a digital version of their events. The expo is ramping up now. Um, there's a good interview with Richard Denning on Five Games for Doomsday, which details some of the important details. Gen Con has announced its online component, and registration will be starting on the 1st of June. Make sure that if you're interested in Gen Con, that you do check out their website because registration will only be open for a certain amount of time, after which you will not be able to register and access some of the content. They'll be using a variety of platforms, but more on this will be announced as plans are firmed up. We go over some sad news with Ian McAllister. Back in episode 39, we reported on the industry distancing itself from a designer called J.R. Honeycutt. He had been accused of sexual and emotional abuse by Victoria Mann, and if you'd like to go back and read about those accusations, the links are still in the show notes for that episode. We'll put a link to that episode in this one. Uh, it now seems that J.R. has been given an opportunity to work on the Board Game Design Challenge, doing data entry for that competition. Board Game Design Challenge uh, is a competition run every year. It's a pretty a uh, big one 
attracts people from all over the place to sort of make, make board games and get feedback from designers and publishers right across the world. It's, it's very well regarded. Uh, the impression that we've been getting, uh, this is just broken today on the day of recording, 4th of June, is that many of the judges on the competition were unaware of his involvement and have been rightly annoyed and upset by his involvement with this uh, competition. Uh, Gabe Barrett, who runs the competition and hired JR to do this work, has put out an apology. My reading of it is that it's a little lackluster. It's a little bit, I've been caught doing this rather than a decent apology. I don't know what you guys think if you've read if you've read the apology so far. So his first apology today was very, very weak and effectively compared this man who's been accused and has admitted to certain parts of abuse as um, a victim himself of circumstances. However, the later apology he put out admitted that um, he should not have contracted this man yeah. to his work and that in doing so, he lent some of his legitimacy as a yeah an organization to this abuser. That was how it came across to me, and it's it's a real shame he's he's made that choice. It's good that he has now apologized. Millie's had to do it twice, but yeah, it, it just seems like a, a kind of insane thing to have done, considering how how bad the abuse allegations and the ones he admitted to were. Just like yeah, just don't hire these people again like he was ostracized for good reason basically from the from the board game community and there was no reason to hire this guy to do what's a fairly simple task you could have hired almost anyone else in fact you could have literally hired anyone else seems like a seems like a huge mistake a key thing that keeps happening when these stories of abuse come out is that multiple other people come forwards and or anonymous accounts come forwards and say, actually, there are more abusers in this industry, but without enough powerful voices and strength of the industry, we cannot move forwards. And to go back and to give more chances to admitted abusers is what's stopping the industry from being able to move forwards. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Anyway, and moving on from unpleasant news to more companies moving to help out you pl playing games at home. Indeed, this is the news that Asmodee has embraced print and play and released a an interesting copy of Ticket to Ride to print and play and play at home. We talked in a previous podcast about Asmodee's embracing of print and play and their new website offers offering these PNP versions of their games, and the total now stands at twenty nine. The new one is one of their flagship games, Ticket to Ride Stay at Home, which is a, as far as I can tell, it's a new edition of a game um, in which you play as mum, dad, sister or baby brother. You lay trains on a board which represents your house and has a new type of route, the family route. I've had a look through the print and play and it's very much kind of cartoony, um, crayon style drawing, very family oriented and looks relatively easy to just print out the 10 or 12 pages on your home printer and get started which is lovely actually great and don't forget folks you can also use like print and, uh, as i was being reminded by when i was listening to the shop sit down podcast recently if you don't have a printer at home there's lots of online printer facilities that they'll, they'll they'll print stuff out for you and just send it to your house so you can do things that way as well nice absolutely yeah that's, that's, that's pretty cracking um the 29 games that are on the Asmodee print and play site most of them are standalone games some of them are expansions to existing games 
But this is, yeah, this sits somewhere in between. It's a new version of the game, but you do need Ticket to Ride, uh, base game Ticket to Ride Europe or Ticket to Ride Nordic countries uh, for the numbers of trains for each player. Ah, fair enough. That makes sense. Yeah, because you can't, well, you could print and print out train pieces, but that's that's a lot. That's a lot of cutting, even more than with the cards you've already got. Massively. It does look like it would be feasible with tokens, but yeah. Having your own trains would certainly be easier. Jamie, you've been getting excited about a new RPG. Well, you say new. Here's the thing. <laughs> there is uh, a game uh, called Agalari. Now, this game was created by Richard Ibanez, and it was originally published in the early 90s. Now, this game w- is the very first role-playing game completely developed and released in Spain. And for a long time has had the moniker, the best RPG not available in English. Now it's set in the Iberian Peninsula in the Middle Ages. Uh, You can be in the Kingdom of Castilla, Aragon, Granada, Navarra or Portugal. uh, And there's a demoniacal slant to the game, which is demons and angels and other supernatural creatures in between and your characters can you know f- uh, frequent with them learn white magic learn black magic and it sounds pretty pretty grim and wonderful and has been yeah it's been deeply researched with with a wealth of information on the daily life of the individuals on the iberian peninsula at the time of the middle ages and the cosmology of the supernatural at the time you know in respect to the game now, as I said, this game hasn't been available in English for probably about 25 years, let's say that. But thanks to a recent Kickstarter project, the game has been translated and is now available in English through Chaosium, the people behind Call of Cthulhu and Seventh Sea. Now, it's available on DriveThruRPG and the Chaosium website for, for buying uh, in PDF and physical copies. Now, i got to say... The art is beautifully illustrated by uh, Jamie Garcia Mendoza. It's very that kind of classical, illuminated manuscript style. Some of the some of the creatures, it's wonderful. But as the description on Drive Through RPG says, like making a deal with the devil, Agalare is not for the faint of heart. It's not an introductory RPG for younger players. The realistic historical setting is dark. Some of the artwork is disturbing. So everyone, you've been warned. I am probably going to get this. It intrigues the heck out of me. Ian, I believe, going from medieval, demoniacal doings to super high-tech, futuristic goings-on. Absolutely. I'm Alexa, play Starfinder. This is the news that the listening devices commonly found in people's homes called Alexa um, are now able to play Starfinder. If you tell Alexa to play Starfinder, she will launch Scoundrels in the Spike. You've been able to do this from December, but can now do it with two additional characters. Starfinder's Scoundrels in the Spike was a one-shot adventure included in the Starfinder Beginner Box, and has been adapted for voice-only play on Alexa. It is written by the former creative director of Starfinder, James L. Sutter, and not only has music and sound effects, but also a full cast of voice actors, which is quite impressive, to be frank. There's clearly a lot of production value going into these Alexa-style games. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's, especially, you know, in a time of lockdown where you're not able to, theoretically able to not sit down around a table with a group of people, they're able to play, you know, role-playing games 
on on your your smart assistant is 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 fantastic and you know if you've not played it before if you're needing some help with it if you've not played before it's a great i think it's a great introductory idea and of course as you said earlier if one was to say alexa play starfinder <laughs> that that would just well, we've now know. annoyed people across You're the world twice in one cast <laughs> i've been told i'm a monster many times that's fine but uh, apparently this is free i i read yeah and there's going to be future adventures that will come along as well but they'll be you have to pay for them yeah i can see other companies following suit as well I, i'd imagine we'd see might see wizards of the coast doing something with D. there was a sort of solo style adventure in the new essentials kit if i remember rightly sort of one gm versus one player kind of setup so yeah maybe we'll see something like that come to uh google home or alexa near you soon i really like the approach that you can get them to teach you to play the games that's mm, yeah that's interesting that's yeah. what i like it just reminders to our listeners that if you'd like a recording of jamie telling your device to play all kinds of things and annoy you a lot our extended cast is available to patrons <laughs> <laughs> Where I we just Alexa. give instructions to Google Home and uh, Amazon Alexas for 45 minutes. <laughs> Sticking with space, uh, on our last couple of casts, we have been a little critical of Fantasy Flight Games taking down versions of their games on Tabletop Simulator and then suggesting rather esoteric methods of playing, for instance, the Arkham Horror card game via video. Well, they've now actually done something a little bit more decent and they've released some alpha rules for playing their X-Wing miniatures game solo called Flying Solo see what they did there they are in open alpha testing so they are soliciting opinions and feedback uh, yeah and you can go and do some dog fights on your own which is a really nice thing to for them to release it is in open alpha testing i believe which is yeah you know, very early alpha yeah. testing very early so if you want to play it have any feedback at all do it and send it to fancy flight games because yeah they want to make their game rules better no game company is going to knowingly put out a game that they know is bad <laughs> one would hope i could go on for a long time about how yeah. that might not be true ian, well, ian, not ian that's not the that's time a, I'm that's just, a later I'm, episode I'm I'm, I'm 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 doing a glass two-thirds full kind of thing come on let's uh it's that that yeah. positivity jimmy you're right now is not the time now is the time for a party It's our 50th episode! An ex-club party. <laughs> Sorry. Party, party, party. Party, party, uh, So party, yeah, party. we've been going for over two years now. Uh, in that time, we've released 50 episodes of the regular cast, as well as nine specials. And we basically wanted to sort of take a moment to look back at the genesis of the cast, answer some questions from listeners and friends of the show, and just to chat a little bit about the cast, what you might see from us in the future, and that kind of thing. Many thanks to Bez, Oliver, Kine, and Richard Simpson for some of these questions. So we'll, we'll sort of go from the top. We've organised these questions a little bit uh, as they came in. Uh, people are asking, why did we start? Why did we all start this? How did the podcast start from Oliver and Bez as well? And assuming we will continue, why Why will we continue? <laughs> yes, this is the last cast. Uh, <laughs> I've friends. gathered you all here together to make a special announcement. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, so the origin of the cast goes back to January 2018. I was thinking about 
different ways I could do stuff with the giant brain, which was still a words only site at the time. I was I was just writing reviews and doing interviews and that kind of thing. And I started to think about doing a cast around about January 2018. And I realized there wasn't much in the way of sort of news focused casts out there. There was lots of reviews and actual plays and that kind of thing. But there's no real sort of industry news focused podcast. And the original idea was to do something very much like the day-to-day, something kind of satirical. Uh, if you're not familiar with the day-to-day, it's a satirical news show from Armando Iannucci, who did The Thick of It and Veep and various other shows. Uh, it starred Chris Morris and Steve Coogan, amongst a variety of other sort of British comedy talent. So I, I reached out to Jamie and Sam, who were doing a podcast called... The Meeple People Podcast, which was very loosely industry news it was we were finding news stories and just talking about them basically similar to what we were doing here except it was two of us it was a lot longer and yeah we were just talking a lot more nonsense because it's amazing how much we managed to edit out the nonsense here (laughs) (laughs) that is true and if you want you can still find the meeple people podcast on youtube and listen to me and sam just talking rubbish at each other I'm going to Google that But it was from there. It was from there that the Monopoly news came from. Because I think at that time we managed to find all the Monopoly news. And it just became a regular thing. Indeed. And I brought it over here. I I, I hadn't realised that came from there. Yeah, no, it came from there. Uh, That started because I met Sam and Ian when I went to Edinburgh to study um, at university. And I hung around the Tabletop Games Cafe, which, you know... We, we really enjoyed and i turned to sam one day and went i think we should do a podcast because we talk a lot <laughs> i i wish i could be i wish i was joking but that's pretty much it and uh yeah it kind of went a little bit from there and then we stopped for a while when i came back to glasgow and then yeah. ian got in contact with us yeah so yeah we we did a pilot i think we did a pilot in march of that year i'd say about a march pilot that no one will ever hear because we shared it amongst our friends i'm not even sure i've got a copy of it still i think jamie might it, that was it wasn't great <laughs> it was very straight if you know yeah it was very straight and we tried to do it sort of scripted and it was a bit stilted and didn't really allow us to be ourselves so we relaxed the format a little bit for the first proper episode which and i'm not making this up went out on the first of april 2018 that was when we released our first episode and yeah it sort of snowballed from there and now we're at episode 50 so after about a year or so, Sam left the cast. Uh, Sam was our original sort of editor and, and one of the co-hosts as well. Um, I took over editing duties at that point and wanted to bring in another person because the one of the reasons this shows a three-person cast is so that if someone has to go on holiday or whatever, the cast can still continue. Like two, the other two can do the cast. Uh, so I reach. Uh, originally, we were doing some guest stuff. We did for quite so, a while. Uh, yeah. We did. We did. We did guests guest for quite a while, and then then basically, so when we sort of started to move into the start of this year, when it's, lockdown and that sort of stuff, it's happened. because I was going away on. Oh tour, yes, that's right. Yeah, and it would have left you, Ian, by yourself. So we reached out uh, and see who would like to. And and Ian is so wonderful, and <laughs> actually decided to come and you know join this weird group that we find ourselves in ian what's your experience been 
this this is not I'm, yeah this is not a, a you know this is not a performance review it's not like tell us about your experience you know yeah. anything anything you'd like to say to us about how we run the podcast anything you'd your like answers to... are being recorded for training purposes being recorded yeah is this the purposes. is this the end of the interview can i finally get <laughs> do you have any questions for us um first off thanks so much both of you for asking me to be on this i have genuinely had a great time so far um it's been very strange going from First off, hearing both of you, because I mainly listen to podcasts when I'm driving, so hearing both of you from somewhere somewhere nebulous in my passenger seat to meeting you at cons and just around, I think like if we open a board game, at least one of us just appears into the ether. And... <laughs> I, I, think, I think I met you for the first time, Ian, at the Lucky Sparrow press night at least that's what i feel like i feel like it was the first time i met you that might it might have either been then or yeah dice roll cafe just kicking about i only started going to dice roll in early 2019 Mm. so i think i i think might have been on the cast before i met him I think we'd interacted online. I'm not sure if we'd interacted in real life before. I think so, yeah. Cast. I think I might Scottish be board game Twitter scene is basically us. <laughs> <laughs> it's us, the unlucky frog. Uh, Richard. Richard. <laughs> and, and a couple more. Come on, that's not fair. Yeah. Mark McKinnon. And not forgetting the first player token. Come on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Indeed. Yeah, so it's been, a, it's been a really lovely journey from just hearing the two of you or whoever just chatting away in my car to playing games on a like that was such a wonderful start to the year where we're like okay we're gonna actually have a massive big board games day once a month and it started yeah, it so great. well and then that whole pandemic thing just crushed in goddamn viruses getting in our way yeah so it's it's been really interesting to see the the structure behind the podcast and how much research goes into every single episode and all of that and I just want to say, um, my board game sustainability design project, which was part of my final year of uni, was handed in on Friday, and Ooh. I had to do one slide on the industry of the um, the specific project in which I was tackling, and I basically just wrote the slide and then put sources at the bottom because I was like, "Yep, this is this is my bi-weekly research," <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fitted into eighty words. That was horrendous. Yeah, um, cool. I think I mean we're we're playing as to as to if we're going to continue. I believe we are. <laughs> we've got a good flow going now. Um, a great time. Yeah, we've we've missed the occasional week where we put out like one of our idle thoughts cast or something else. But everyone needs to take a break now and again from this kind of content creation, and that's just that's just the way it goes. But yeah, I've, I've got no plans to slow down. Certainly, um, we're going to still be releasing a, a news episode every fortnight or thereabouts. Uh, we might change things up a little bit as time goes on. Certainly, um, the cast has evolved a lot over the years. And that goes to sort of the next question that uh, Oliver was asking us about, which is basically who came up with the idea of producing the podcast like a radio play. And he's he sort of meaning like the sound effects and where we go to different rooms in the H- in RHQ, the sort of segments and that kind of thing. I, before we started recording tonight, I went back and listened to some of the older casts, which was a slightly painful experience for me. 
as, as, I, as I listen to like how we've evolved. I will say um, I've not listened to a single podcast since I've joined, so you might have just killed off one of your like regular listener numbers by asking me to be on. <laughs> oh, we pick up regular listeners all the time. No, and, and as I said, to you, you said you said that Ian, and as I said to you, and I can't remember where I, I got this from. I'm afraid I can't. Um, cite this but it's your right as an artist to make bad work you cannot make good work without first making bad work making bad work does not mean you're a bad artist okay it means you're persevering i believe richard simpson had a tweet uh that went out that was very very went very viral very much along those lines yes absolutely (laughs) Uh, so i I went back and had a wee listen i think episode six was when we started to introduce the idea of the studio episode six was our first sort of um con experience that was when we went to uk games expo in 2018 and we had a sort of thing where sam was in the studio alone and then left and then jamie and i did the cast on our own because sam couldn't make it that week basically and it sort of alluded to the idea of there being a studio and doors were being opened and closed and that kind of thing episode eight was when we first introduced a new area of the the hq rpg corner with the fantastic sting that it has and then I think things kind of snowballed from there. We did sort of, at the start of the cast, we did sort of skits and that kind of thing as well because Sam was a much better audio editor than I am. So we did like sort of little audio reviews and that kind of thing. And that's changed over time as the Brainwaves HQ became a thing that we've sort of focused any ideas for skits and sketches and that kind of thing around that central idea. Uh, so like the Garden for Archaeology News, which we did for a little bit. I mean, I think... S- from my perspective a lot of uh a lot of my input in that area just comes from i've grown up a lot listening to radio especially radio comedy hmm. so i and i'm i'm a fan of kind of surreal stuff so just when we were just suggesting you know funnily enough a lot of our stuff isn't scripted you might be able to tell um Jamie, don't making... tell them that. <laughs> well, I'm reading is... from a script here right now. But I was going to say, is it scripted or not? <laughs> Nobody knows. Hey, hey. Um... Oh, let me just. Uh... Oh, sorry. Let me go back on that line. No. Uh... And yeah, occasionally I've just gone. Oh, let's go out to the garden because it's a beautiful garden. And oh, look at these lovely chairs and RPG corner. I think RPG corner. The aesthetic from it for it came from Sam's wonderful smoky jazz music that he made every time i edit that part of the cast if it's there it's an rpg corner it makes me smile i mean we had a couple other things we had like bunker 42 for a while which was a sort of prelude to us having guests on because we sort of did sort of interviews with people about the one board game they would take into the the apocalypse and why yeah kind of thing. a little bit five games for doomsday yeah that combined with desert island discs combined with desert you can island show discs. you can show what i grew up listening to <laughs> indeed uh, we've had other bits and pieces sort of come and go over the years. We had the sort of mastermind chair thing. All, we've, all, we've fiddled around with all sorts of segments. Oh, I want to do the mastermind chair thing again. Oh, I'm sure we can bring it back. Yeah, that's the thing. We can always bring these things back. And now we have a sort of central imagination space, I guess. So we can sort of like focus it around that that idea. And it's it's been quite useful. It's it's, it's a good fo- thing to focus on. I hope it's been all right, Ian, that you've just kind of, you came into the podcast. I know you were aware of it. But just having us kind of just foisting, right, you know, make up, you know, we're talking nonsense about you being the intern. <laughs> yeah, On yep. you go. Yeah, that was a that was a wonderful first experience. That was genuinely very enjoyable. Yeah, no, and you handled it very well. Uh, so Oliver then asks uh, where we find our news. 
so like we basically we start planning each cast basically just straight after effectively recording like tonight i'll put out a new doc for episode 51 which we'll start filling with news for the next cast and that stuff basically comes from pretty much everywhere our main sites are things like um, icb2 uh i've set up google alerts on my gmail for board game news we get things from like dicebreaker tabletop gaming magazine dice tower board game geek shut up and sit down shut and sit down anywhere really like everywhere we find news if we all were always look on the lookout for interesting tidbits and especially we try and find things that are maybe a little bit out the sort of mainstream of the board game industry as well little bits of like board games creeping into the mainstream or being reported on like reported on like hospitals using sort of mega games and that kind of thing to train staff and that kind of thing we like to report on that kind of that kind of news as well now and, and we we have done it in the past um but we were you know we we decided that at the beginning we weren't really going to be this board game's coming out this board game's coming out this board game's been announced yeah now we have done that of course we've done that generally we've tried to expand upon it for a reason other than oh by the way this board game's coming out yeah we we, we generally report new releases if there's something to say about it i mean with that being said i'm sure there's ones that we've done where we've just gone there's a new board game coming out i put it in because i like it <laughs> there's always an element yeah. of that certainly yeah and we understand that you know sometimes news can age quite quickly because you know we we put these out every two weeks and we might get some news say you know we're recording on a thursday today now we may get some news on saturday let's say that's going to be important now when it comes to you know two weeks on monday when the next podcast comes out that's already going to have been and gone but we're probably still going to include it in because it's important yeah, the idea eventually evolved to basically being like the idea is to try and make the cast your, your go-to source for news, pretty much, or the, like the important news. We try and filter through sort of, yeah, like Jamie says, we try and filter out things like new releases and that kind of thing for the main part and really just sort of concentrate on stuff that's actually important to how the industry works and, and conventions and all that kind of thing instead. Now, take, take an example from you know what we've talked about earlier in the podcast, you know. Uh, we talked about t- Ticket to Ride Print and Play. Now, on the surface, that's Ticket to Ride has brought out a new a new version. Well, yes, it is. Yeah. But also, it's Ticket to Ride, but it also ties into what we've been talking about earlier with the print and play boom from Asthma Day. Yeah. Now, I think that's okay. I don't know about you guys. I think yeah, that, that's absolutely. fair. Um, Aguilari, the same thing. Oh, there's a new RPG coming out. Well, actually, it's not new. It's old. It's never been translated into English before. So that's interesting, yeah. and it's not something generally you would have yeah. heard of. That's it. I'm tra- trying to draw people's attention to interesting, interesting bits of news. Bez was asking us whether there's any news that we've reported on that was bigger than we thought it would be, or vice versa. Jamie and I were having a wee chat before we started the cast, and I can't really think of anything entirely. The only thing that really came to my mind was we did a special on an app called Dized, which was going to be a sort of tutorial app for board games. And they sort of showed off at um, UK Games Expo and various other cons for a couple of years. And then it sort of had a lot of trouble coming to market. And it blew up in a different way than we thought. <laughs> I think they are now out. The app is now out with its tutorial tools and that kind of thing. But it hasn't. It wasn't the story we thought it was going to be at, at the start. But there hasn't really been anything else. because, I mean, mainly because a lot of the news we talk about, let's face it, is still board game hobby news. So it's not like crazy important. With that, with that being said, things like Kickstarter unions—I mean, that was a big story. That's true. No matter yeah, what, 
Yeah, um, that's true, actually. Yeah. yeah. The first thing I yeah, would... Yeah, actually, yeah, Kickstarter Unions is a good one because that has become much bigger than we thought it would be. That, that's become like the first tech company in the United States to unionize. Yes. So that is, that's huge. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I, re- I retract what I said. <laughs> My first thought of something that maybe <laughs> thought would be bigger... We thought it'd be bigger than it was. My initial thought was the announcement uh, from Cool Mini or Not last year about Taburu, which was the oh, yeah, I totally forgot in- about integrated that. gaming yep. table. Yeah, now, that was presumably going to be shown off at cons this year. And yes, it was. Not going see, to I wasn't sure about it because I hadn't heard anything. Because I remember we were discussing it yeah. at Tabletop Scotland, and as it turns out, the Kickstarter campaign for that was actually going to happen this year, and it was going to be shown off at conventions this year. And funnily enough, that ain't going to happen. I still think it's a giant waste of space. <laughs> oh god, yeah. I ended up writing a bunch about that as kind of evolving tech in the board game sustainability issue. Mm, yeah, and. I was very much expecting to do my research and find, okay, here are the press releases from Simon saying that this is going to be massive, um, that it's going to reduce waste by this much, and that it's going to take 2020 by storm. And then literally all I could find about it, for the most part, was their 2019 single-page announcement on the Simon website saying Tiberu is coming out. Yeah. And that's it. But again, that's... You know, that, that, I think that was meant to be this year's big plan. It was an announcement last year. The, the, Let... the history of companies like doing one thing and then like doing something technology based is not always great. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. I'll, 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 I'll be interested to see what happens. But yeah, Ian, not uh, holding my breath on that one. Ian, what do you think? Was was there any news that either you know you've covered while you're here with us, or any news that you vaguely remember that we covered in a previous podcast? <laughs> We've covered a lot of uh, I mean, news. I've forgotten a lot of it. I know, I know, but, but yeah. I'm 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 throwing it over to you because I've talked a lot. Indeed, I'm going to be frank. It has to go to the Kickstarter um, unionizing. Yeah, I very much thought they were going to have maybe not even a close vote where they um, voted not to unionize, and that'd be it. End of. Yeah, and then just it, fizzle. Yeah, yeah. The way it developed with the pandemic and everything was is just such a huge example of why they needed union and hopefully how it's going to impact the entire industry going forwards. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I for some reason I just blanked on the Kickstarter union. Yeah, that has been a massive story. Yeah, fantastic for them. I was, I was really pleased that they managed to get that done. Moving on, uh, Bess also asked what the most enjoyable part of the podcast, like uh, one of the sections, or maybe the recording session, or something else. Personally, for me, it's recording. I I love recording with you guys. It's always good fun. Um, the sort of preparation beforehand can be a little bit laborious because we're sort of trawling through the internet looking for cool stories and interesting things to bring you. But recording is even if I don't quite feel like it. Like once once we've sort of done our little bit of we always have a bit of a chat, maybe about thirty minutes before we record folks, just to organize the cast and who's gonna talk about what. And then once we're into it, it's like it's like that sort of slight stage fright thing, I think. Like you, you suddenly get into it and then you're you, and then you get going. For for you guys, is that is that the same or do you enjoy other bits of the cast instead? Bang on. Absolutely bang on. Yep. I am with you hundred percent. It's yeah. just it's it's the chat beforehand where we kind of again putting getting in that headspace of right let's yeah. talk about this we know what we're going to talk about let's talk about any issues we're having with you know the way we phrased it or any mm. issues with it that we might want to bring up during a particular new segment 
um a lot of messing up mainly from me and <laughs> it's it's just a good laugh yeah absolutely i do enjoy the mistakes um, <laughs> and if you'd like to hear more mistakes you can give us some money to listen to mistakes in the extended version of this cast <laughs> yeah. would you like a worse cast for more money <laughs> <laughs> that's not how you're meant to say it ian <laughs> it, it's extended radio gold <laughs> i don't know about radio it's audio gold definitely oh uh, well, you know what i mean uh, one more from bez uh, is there more personal gratification as part of the process or in the responses like basically do we get more personal gratification out of putting the thing together or actually like knowing that people listen to us i mean i'm still every week i'm still shocked that people listen to us <laughs> it, it just that, that never gets old i think it's like seeing like people download the cast when we put out a new one and like seeing the sort of slow like i've, I've got the stats from over the years seeing a slow source tick up to sort of like, on average we get about a hundred on on average over the years over all the casts we've done we've got about 143 downloads per cast now that's not a huge amount obviously like there are much 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 bigger casts out there but it's more than enough to keep me happy to keep going and knowing that we have a listenership out there that hopefully rely on us a bit to bring them industry news and we're always ext- we're so grateful to everyone who listens to the cast and to, to those patrons who give us a wee bit of their money to help us uh, support the cast to help us uh, run the website and run the run the Podbean account and everything like that. It it's just stuns me every single time that anyone gives us any cash for it or just l- listens to the cast or tells us they like it. It's great. Really love it. Love that kind of feedback. It's fantastic. And if you any anyone who listens to any podcast or reads any site. Please tell those creators you like them, because it's really hard to get that kind of feedback, and it's always lovely when you do, every single time. Agreed. Um, one one mini thing I liked about listening to the podcast was just how much it tied together the kind of two weeks of various news that I'd been slowly digesting and percolating in my brain, and coming onto the podcast and kind of sifting through the stories and then actually recording them is just a continuation of that process it's really nice to get that kind of bookended okay this is the news that's happening and just to kind of keep on top of that is is just quite neat basically yeah i think so what about for yourself jamie i uh i am always amazed just that as you said in in not a kind of oh you know people are listening to little old me oh it's amazing um no i'm i'm honestly just dumbfounded that people enjoy listening to it um people will give us money for it because it's you know it's it's a bit of fun that i do with you guys and you know it's fun to talk about it it's i mean i got into the board game industry i say that i started being interested in board games about 2013 at the end of the year and i didn't expect within a couple of years to have more games than i really should have on my shelves and be doing this but (laughs) it's an industry that is growing and thriving and in many ways has great potential for for good and sadly also great potential for evil so it's trying to keep people aware of what's going on you know to to help i'm not going to have a grandiose idea of shaping the industry but just to let people know what's going on and yeah if people listen to it, it it's amazing people actually want to listen to my nonsense our nonsense I forgot to say that my favorite part of the personal gratification is actually 
speaking to designers and playing through games with designers on Tabletop Simulator and just chatting to them about their games on the podcast recently and just finding out how they design their games and what they're thinking about when they design them. That's been such a privilege to just chat to and enjoy. Finally, we have a question from Richard from We're Not Wizards. Uh, is to you and uh, to you, Ian, and you, Jamie. Is there now a continual power play between the both of you over who gets to buy me lunch? <laughs> so I think I said this on Twitter, but uh, Jamie has graciously conceded and now allows myself to buy both you and Jamie lunch um, most days. Unfortunately, this is fictional Brainwaves HQ lunch. Like, no one actually buys me lunch. <laughs> Very much. It's fictional. Disgraceful. Fictional dollars. <laughs> Fictional brainwaves money. <laughs> yeah, I I let I let you do that because you have been so kind. <laughs> anyway, folks, we're we're going to wrap this up. Look, we're we're just so grateful that everyone everyone out there who listens to the cast, who shares the work, who reads articles on the site, who support us over the years. It's been an absolutely fantastic journey. We're going to be around for a good while yet with more nonsense. We're hoping to bring some guests back over the course of this year. We've got some ideas to get you folks involved. We've got an idea to do sort of some sort of vox pops, basically like interviews on sort of faux interviews on the streets with listeners. And we'll be putting out like news articles that you can comment on, like send us little audio clips to. We're going to see how we can work that in over the next sort of couple of weeks. I'm going to try and get some of that out. And we'll maybe see a return of some old segments, I would imagine. We haven't had an RPG corner for a while or been out in the garden for a little while so i imagine we'll see some of those come back over the next few months but just a huge thank you to everyone who listens to the cast uh, who supports us in any way or form whether that's giving us a dollar a month or merely sharing the cast and talking about it and and letting us know that you love it it's just incredibly gratifying and uh, we thank you all Well, before we leave, folks, we'd just like to give a sh- our usual shout-outs to our executive producers, Lucky Spire Gaming Cafe. They've been incredibly generous with their time and money over the, the last couple of years, and we hope they are doing well, and hopefully they will be back in operation in the not-too-distant future. Uh, as always, you can join them in being a patron by going to our patron page and dropping us a dollar a month. It just helps us maintain the website and the cast. We have also Amazon affiliate links in some of our pages and if you go to our support page, you'll also find uh, sort of friend links to some of the electricity companies and that kind of thing I use. You can help support us that way if you are looking to change suppliers and that kind of thing. Uh, so uh, thanks very much for listening. As we've said in sort of this retrospect of the cast, we're so grateful for everyone's support over the years. It's been fantastic. If you like the cast, if you're listening to us on a regular basis, really the best way to help us out is to share us around. And please drop us a review and rating on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. And you can follow us on all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, our website, and email us with anything you'd like us to cover in the cast. If you've got tidbits and news, that kind of thing, do get in touch. We'd love to have some sort of mailbag startup on the cast at giantbrainuk at gmail.com. Thank you, everyone, for your support over the last couple of years, and uh, we're going to be around for some time to go. Bye-bye. Here's hoping. Bye-bye. Goodbye. <laughs>